Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, a mother-daughter podcast about all things magic and mythology and pop culture. And we're on. Hey, everyone. I'm Liam, the daughter. Hey, I'm Lauren, the mom. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, this is going to be a long fucking night. We're all like delirious. I'm convinced. Yes. Um, and Jake just gave us both cinnamon Altoids. And holy shit. I know. They're they burning. Those things? I haven't had one of those in years. I know. Ooh. He fucking had them on his desk. And for he's, weeks. he's like through half the can already. I said, when did you get those fucking Altoids? And he said, I got them at the store. And I was like, and I'm just hearing about this now. You didn't share. I wasn't Selfish hiding them. It's like Polly Walnuts and Christopher. Is that a Tic Tac? <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Oh, the Pine Barrens. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of. Speaking of. Hey. Last week was my birthday. Yeah. And we said, you know, we do themed birthday parties here. And it's always a surprise for the birthday person. Yes. And my theme was Italian. Yes. I woke up in Little Italy. Little Italy. <laughs> I like literally was about to try an accent in my you brain. You gave up halfway don't through, I could tell. My brain was like, please don't. Please stop. Yeah. I'm going to lose my Italian card <laughs> if I keep this up. Uh, yeah, I woke up and you had decorated it like it was a little Italian restaurant. Yes. It was cute. It was very cute. And it was all Sopranos themed. All right? Sopranos themed. Yeah. You yeah. guys cooked food from the Sopranos what, cookbooks. Yeah. Oh, Damn, yeah. it was good. It was, good it was very tasty. Highly what'd recommend. What did you have? Um, vegan eggplant parmesan. Yes. <laughs> Why? Delish, right? Parmesan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Laura's really giving me the deets. Yeah. So then we spent some time watching The Sopranos. We sure did. Yeah. So it was yeah. basically a Sopranos themed birthday party. I loved it. Yeah. And then, we, and then we got to chatting. <laughs> Fucking hell. And I said that we were talking about the Italian food. Yeah. And then we were watching The Sopranos and I brought up James Gandolfini and I said, yeah. I think him and Mario Balto <laughs> were really good friends. <laughs> And you were like, yeah, I was yeah, like, yes. I think you're right. And you said the guy with the orange Crocs. <laughs> and I said the guy with the the red pony, you know, he's got, got orange hair with the ponytail. <laughs> Just call him and, a ginger lure guy. And him then out. Jake said, who the fuck is Mario Balto? <laughs> <laughs> I think he, you might have meant Mario Batali. <laughs> we were talking about Mario Balto. For I think like Balto is the Siberian husky. Isn't like that this a movie, dog. like a cartoon yeah. movie? Yeah, I yeah. remember being devastated by that cartoon in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, our brains... <laughs> the wires really got fucking crossed yeah. there, but it's funny yeah. because we're always on the same page. Great, great. We shouldn't be. <laughs> Why are we yeah. on that page? And then we laughed for like 15 minutes <sighs> about that because this is not like a new occurrence. Like, it's Laura, not the first time. Obviously, I cannot do accents and I really need to stop. I understand this, I know this, but this <laughs> one over here. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever told this story. We're going on, like, how many fucking episodes we might have. Yeah. Bear uh, with us. But there's, like, a little Italian grocer mm -hmm. around where we grew up that mm -hmm. is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And one day we're in there. Okay? <laughs> and this one goes up to the deli counter. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, I'll take a, you know. Pound one Gabagool. <laughs> <laughs> But you said like gabagool, gabagool, just like mm -hmm. Tony Soprano. Yeah, okay, if you've watched Dead this, Serious. Dead, Dead Serious. Serious. I was serious. 
and a hard time. You were, and the yeah. girl behind the counter, that poor poor child, was like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> and you and were I, like, "Then you got concerned." You're like, like, "The gabagool." The gabagool. <laughs> Do you not have it? <laughs> Do you not carry that here? This is Italian. And then there's me. I'm like Dwight <laughs> in that fucking episode of The Office. She'll take the gabagool. <laughs> I bought some shweya now. Oh no, Lord, stop. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, this we just need to stop. We just, maybe we you know, shouldn't be allowed to celebrate. Sometimes I watch too much Sopranos and I get carried away. Yeah. I think it's a common— But I really thought Gabagool was a real thing. I think a lot of people did. Like, I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I think it really fucked with people's heads. I mean, Tony asks for it very seriously, and they all know where to go to get it. So and they all I know what he's real. talking about. That's right. That's right. And you really wanted to try some. I sure did. She thought it was a separate thing from Gabagool. Yeah. It's just, I, yeah. I can't. Yeah, so that is that was my birthday. Um, it was a good time. <laughs> it was a fucking good time. Yeah, uh, Mario Balto was there. It was great. Um, <laughs> and his fucking orange Crocs. Oh no. So yeah, um, that's all we have. That's what we got. <laughs> it was a good my time. Birthday. Uh, what else happened? Anything? Hmm. I can't think of anything. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Jeez, you got me on the spot there. Well, no. with that, fact check, Jake, I think we have some patrons to thank. Yeah, we have three new patrons to thank. Nice. We have Beanbag, Brittany, and Bex. I'm sorry, can you say that one more time? Should I say it a little? A beanbag, Brittany, and Bex. <laughs> <laughs> now starring. Like, it sounds like a Crosby, Stills, and Nash cover. Oh my band. gosh. Beanbag. beanbag. Loved your work in Louis Satcher's Holes. <laughs> Follow her train of thought there. This you is, get a prize. This is inside of my brain all the time. She's I, just going to go through all of D10 <laughs> at Camp Green Lake. That's right. Oh, a caveman. Fun. Well, Beanbag, Brittany, and Bex, welcome to the fucking family. Welcome. If you would like to join the Patreon, please go check it out. There are a lot of things coming up. We have a lot of announcements coming up yes. soon. Um, and the Patreon family is going to get, you know, the inside scoop and all the inside deets. So That's go right. check it out. And if you can't do that, please leave us a rating on Spotify and Apple. Yes, please do. It helps keep the show alive. It sure does. So uh, with that, hey, I think I'm ready. Let's jump on in. I've got a doozy today. Do you? Yeah, this one was highly requested, and I think people were trying to play a joke on me. I'm not really <laughs> sure what was happening with this one. I had never seen it. Is this payback for Mac and me? Oh, hey, Mac and me is a fucking gem. You leave that alone. Um, I am doing The Worst Witch from 1986. Whoa, I've yes. never heard of this. Um, it is a fantasy slash comedy slash family TV movie. Rated mm. G. Um, wow. I think it's a British TV movie. Okay. Um, and the tagline is, things never go right for Mildred Hubble. Uh, um, and there are a lot of different variations of this story because it is based on the book series of the same name by Jill Murphy. So yeah. you'll see the books and then there's like all kind of ad- adaptations. Adaptations. <laughs> yes. Mildred Hubble. What an interesting name. Yes. Like the Hubble spacecraft. Laura, <laughs> you don't need to talk about space anymore. Yeah. I, you know, you, I see that you're wearing your NASA. I'm wearing a NASA sweatshirt just so Laura can learn how to say because I'm still trying to recover from the NASA last week. Like, <laughs> who gave us a podcast? That's what I'm gonna know. No we one. We just ourselves. reached out and took it. <laughs> we, we gave it to her. Took it. Uh, All right. Uh, this version was adapted for TV by Mary Plachette Willis. Okay. And was directed by Robert Young. 
And here's your cast. And this is where it gets interesting. Let's do it. We've got a young Feruza Balk. What? As Mildred Hubble. We love her. Feruza? Yes. All right. Feruza. Feruza. And we have Tim fucking Curry as the Grand Wizard. So we're already in. I love Tim Curry. Curry. (laughs) I think I said Purry. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we're running on not a lot of sleep. And you could take Tim Purry. Purry. It sounds dirty. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. Anywho, we've got Diana Rigg as Miss Hardbroom. Ooh, I like her. Who the fuck is that? Oh, yeah. She's in uh, Theater of Blood with Vincent Price. Oh, great, okay. Great movie. Well, all right. Um, we've got Charlotte Ray as Miss Cackle and Aggie. Mm-hmm. Dual role. <laughs> Dual role. And we've got Sabina Franklin as Miss Spellbinder. Love that. Love that. All right, you ready for the rundown? I sure am. I said made for TV, rated PG. So mm-hmm. fucking bear with mm-hmm. me. All right. Mm-hmm. It opens at Miss Cackle's International Academy for Witches. Ms. What? Miss Cackle. <laughs> Ms. Cackle. Uh, the finest witch academy in the world, which was founded in 1604, according to the plaque outside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the academy is pretty sick, actually. Like black cats, brooms flying all around, like a star and moon pattern on the walls. Mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm, Hogwarts, mm-hmm. you know, a magical pre, school. Pre-ho- you get it. Pre Hogwarts. Pre Hogwarts. Um, and here's where I will note that I had zero clue up until this point that this is kind of a musical. Oh, um, I hate when that happens. That one. You know what? Nothing is. Is good mm-hmm. is when you don't fucking know it's something. A it's a musical, and then you're like, oh, okay, we're then, doing this. And then the songs are really bad. Oh, this yes. Okay, it, there's some good ones in here, and there's just some fucking awful ones. Some so turds. buckle up. There's some, some turds. turds. Yes, okay. <laughs> some fucking turds. The young witches begin to sing the awful theme song as they gather their shit and prepare for their magical classes, including broom lessons, potion making, spell casting, the whole nine yards. All the best things. I'm jealous. Um, our main girl Mildred Hubble is apparently the worst witch at the school. Who didn't fucking see that coming by the title? Right. Does she live in a bubble? Mildred Hubble. Laura, are you all right tonight? <laughs> are you good? I'm feeling rhymey. <laughs> Let me feel your fucking forehead. You are very sing-songy tonight. I love it. Um, it's her first year. She's clumsy, a bit of an innocent goof, etc. I said picture like a young Josie Grossy at witch school. <laughs> Oh, um, here's an example in potion class. Mildred fucks up big time. Mm-hmm. Instead of making a laughter potion, she turns herself and her classmate invisible because she gathered her pawn wheat after midnight. Ugh. Fucking amateur. Read the book. Yeah. Yes, Laura. Mildred is super sad because she feels she will never make it as a witch. But she promises to buckle down on her studies. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear it. Yes. Meanwhile, two evil witches. Here's Uh, where this fucking just gets bad. They are so, they're so bad. They look like a fucking busted Cosmo and Wanda. Do you know who Cosmo and Wanda are from the Fairly Odd Parents? One has green hair, one has pink. I do not know. Laura, you really? Was that in the 90s? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) There they are. Fact check, Jake pulled them up. Gotcha. Yeah. So they're like, I don't know what is going on with these two witches, but they look like, you know, the typical bad witches. They look very ugly and goofy, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, The main bad witch, Aggie. Why are all these witches named Aggie? I don't, I was just about to. Well done, Aggie. Of course, having Halloween town flashbacks. Oh, my God. Uh, she's the evil twin of Miss Cackle. Oh. Okay, and is ready to make witchcraft bad and fun again. So her and her little helper are lurking outside of the academy plotting 
this plan. Ready to fuck shit up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Her plan is to gather her coven and take over the school, turning all of the good little witches evil with a magic potion. Okay. In the process. Okay. Right. Yes, there is a song about this, (laughs) if you were wondering. Uh, Mm. Here's a line. Okay. Just to give you a little fucking taste of what you're in for. So if you're filthy, smelly, evil, wicked, and cruel, you'll be right at home in my little school. Why are you going to be filthy and smelly, though? Again, because they're like the stereotypical bad witches. It's, you know. Yeah, but, you know, I've known a lot of bad witches that <gasps> are not f- smelly and filthy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, this is not accurate. <laughs> All right, so now we're going back to the school. Okay. Every first-year student gets a little black kitten. All right. Which seems to like act as their familiars, which we haven't talked about Mm -hmm. yet. And I want to. Yeah. Um, Except for Mildred. Of course, hers is gray because she just always gets left out of everything because she's not a very good witch, according to their standards. All right. Right. Um, Each witch must train their kitten to balance on their broomsticks. I thought this scene was cute, but it was also just bad. So equal parts hilarious and adorable there. Mm. Mildred cheats, of course, and lets her kitten hide in a satchel. On the broom instead. Oh, my god. So goodness. she's still, like, she, you know, finds a way yeah. around. She's right, right. ingenuity. Yeah. Lore. She's taking the easy way out. Uh, I thought she was being creative. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I thought she was being. <laughs> Laura says she's cutting corners. <laughs> and I'm like, go, she's, Mildred, go. She's cutting corners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, Jake. That's exactly uh, right. Laura's a rule follower sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Uh, through all of this, the Academy is preparing for their special Halloween celebration. Mm, where they're all special. Uh, yeah. Where Tim Purry, <laughs> the Grand <laughs> Wizard, will be performing. Oh my God, now you're going to have to do Tim, Tim Curry superimposed on a cat. <laughs> someone please create Tim Purry for me, please. Or someone get a cat and name it Tim Purry. <gasps> Laura, that's cute. I'm going to put him next to Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> Sigourney Reefer, Laura. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sigourney Reefer and Tim Purry. What a fucking duo that is. All right. Anyway, the Grand Wizard's performance is a big deal. He's hot shit. He's the fucking Grand Wizard, and it's Tim Purry. So, okay. Uh, Mildred's class has been selected to present the broomstick display at this big event, okay, which includes, you know, they're riding around on their broomsticks, serpentining, teening, serpentining, 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 until they perform their big finish. Okay. <laughs> but only the best eight flyers will be selected. Sounds and Mildred is basically told to fuck off and not even audition. Don't even because try. Because they know it. she's going to be trash. They're like, no, no, you just sit this one out. But she fucking tries out anyway. Yeah. I love this girl. Yes. Go, Mildred, go. <laughs> Due to a last minute dropout, Mildred gets a spot. In the broomstick performance. And gets to play Quidditch. Yay! <laughs> Lore, different Wrong film. All right. <laughs> different film, girl. But the school bully and popular girl, Ethel. What, why is that always Ethel. a meme name? Ethel. <laughs> Ethel's always the sidekick. Who's Ethel Beavers? Why is that popular? <laughs> She's in the office, the old Thank lady you. who uh, Thank you. No. gets some marriage certificates. No, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec, yeah. Parks and Rec. Uh, I was going to say Ethel Beavers. And she's mean in there, too. So maybe uh, Ethel's just a mean name. Yeah. Yeah. She's always the sidekick. Like Lucy and Ethel. And I love Lucy. Oh, okay. All right. Wow. We're giving you a history of the name Ethel today. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Ethel puts a spell on Mildred's broom to make her fuck up. Unbeknownst Uh, to Mildred. All right. You don't need to, Ethel. She can do just fine on her (laughs) own. Ethel, what the hell? Uh, Flash to Halloween, the big fucking night. Okay. (laughs) The Grand Wizard 
makes his entrance by flying down from the sky like a giant bat. And here is where this gets fantastic. It goes horribly wrong. No, it goes horribly fucking right. Uh, because Tim Purry performs the absolute fucking banger of a song called Anything Can Happen on Halloween. And I have loved this song for years. And I had no fucking clue. Really? I had no clue where it came from. None. Like, when I used to work at Whole Foods, me and my friend John used to just watch this on YouTube and randomly shout out lines oh, from it no. like you know we'll carve pumpkin faces <laughs> <laughs> has oh, anyone man. seen my tambourine I mean it's so bad <laughs> Jake said it's right there in your hand because <laughs> you made us watch this horrific video or yeah. this clip last night please go to YouTube and just google <laughs> anything could happen on fucking Halloween alright type that in and watch the entire performance I put a little clip on our Instagram again just to give you a little taste but yeah. yes at one point he asks has anybody seen my tambourine and he's holding the tambourine and Jake, Jake goes it's in your fucking hand <laughs> like oh boy so uh the edits in this too like they used green screen I don't oh. know if it's when green screen like was, was just starting to come around come, yeah. but they were really having a fucking blast <laughs> 10 out of 10 in my opinion oh boy so after the show-stopping fucking number, mm -hmm. all right, the young witches perform their broom-riding routine. Uh, but Mildred's broom malfunction wrecks the whole damn thing, just like Ethel uh, planned. Ugh. Damn it. Mildred Hubble is so sad. Yeah, she fucked up. Poor Mildred. Yeah, and she thinks it's her fault. She mm -hmm. decides to take her little kitty and run away. That sounded <laughs> not right. I'm sorry. The kitty her little and Tim Curry. <laughs> her and Tim Curry run away. <laughs> fucking hell. As they're flying out, Mildred spots the evil witch coven, you know, Cosmo and Wanda, <laughs> plotting in the woods. Uh -huh. um, little Mildred decides to fight Aggie in her Aggie. evil coven <laughs> with her pretty horrible witchcraft skills. I'm sorry. I don't know how. No, this didn't check out. You know, it didn't make sense that yeah, she right. would be able to fight them. But right. it's all right. Somehow, she manages to turn the whole lot into snails. Well, hey. So... You know, we'll take Way to it. Go. Right. Uh, Mildred hops back on her broom with the box of snails. Slatch. Mm -hmm. Slatch. Slatch. <laughs> Put it in my slatchel. <laughs> it's not a purse. It's a slatchel. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't even know what I was, uh, like, attempting to say there. Any Slatch. <laughs> Guitarist and guns and roses. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. I'm going to bed. I'm fucking going to bed. I've had enough. <laughs> I've had enough of you. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. All right. So, her and the snails, they go back to Miss Cackles, which Academy. Okay. <laughs> you love Miss Cackles, don't you? You think that's funny? Cackles can't. <laughs> why are we always. Why do you always do that? I can't help it. <laughs> this. This has gone off the fucking rails. <laughs> it just pops in there. There are a lot of funny words in this one. I will give this to you yeah. while I was writing it. I was like, this is good. Yeah. Um, all right. The mean coven is scolded after they're, you know, mm -hmm. transformed back into witches. Right. Um, and Mildred is now the baddest witch at school. <laughs> As declared by the Grand Wizard himself. This is what Tim Perry says to her. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> all right. Ready? <clears throat> Once in a purple moon, and he says it like Tim Curry says, you know what I mean? Of Once course. in a purple moon. No. <laughs> what the fuck? What the hell was that? <laughs> Taggy. All right, give me your best Tim Curry go. Okay. I love you. 
10 yes, out of 10. That was great. I yeah. watched it your way best accent so far. I think, hey, That's I want good. yours. Lorca. I don't know how to do Tim Curry. <laughs> Tim Curry. <laughs> Someone tell me Neff Gamble sounds we like right all, now. <laughs> we all flop down here. <laughs> You just made me choke because, first of all, you looked at me like you wanted to kill me. Uh-huh. I was it. <laughs> she channeled Penny I repri- right there. I reprised Tim Perry's role. Oh, Tim Perry is it. <laughs> all right. Anyway, back to his fantastic speech. I'm yes. not going to try to do his voice again. Okay. <laughs> I won't insult. All right. Once in a purple moon, there is a special young witch who shines above the rest. Often she goes unnoticed because she is out of step. Hmm. The best witch isn't always the girl who comes out on top of the tests. A true witch has witchcraft in her at all times. And this is what you have, Mildred Hubble. Ouch, I'm going to go cry. Uh, The Grand Wizard offers Mildred some flying lessons, and the movie ends to yet another awful fucking song as they fly off on their brooms. It's cute. It's cute. Sounds bad. It's cute. This is only like an hour long. Oh, okay. Because it's like a made-for-TV thing. So, and you can find it on YouTube. The whole thing. Wow. So go check it out. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Go give it a watch. Taking your recommendations. So, what is my lesson? What is from this? Because you know, it's one of those where there wasn't wasn't much going on. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, there kind of was. I will say, like, there were a lot of um, witchy things, kind of like. Uh, Hogwarts or you know when they go to the fucking witchcraft school and charmed yes yes Yes. it was very you know there's so there's a lot to sink your teeth into but there are so many fucking ridiculous broom riding sequences Mm -hmm. in this short little film that I had to talk about the witch's broom yeah we haven't talked about that yet we have not talked about it and so I figured why the fuck not but it was kind of a doozy this is one of those that's like oh boy Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right yeah so just bear with me we all know what a broom is I'm sure we have all used one at some point Mm-hmm. The word broom comes from a real plant, also called a broom. Yes. I did not know that. The broom plant. The broom mm-hmm. plant. Laura's like, duh, you dumb yeah. bitch. <laughs> uh, this plant was used to create these early tools, and eventually it replaced the old English word for broom, a besom. A besom. A besom. Yes. Uh, so when or why did brooms become associated with witchcraft is kind of what are, I was. Are you going to tell me? Um, yes, awesome. but this is where, like, if you just take to Google— Mm-hmm. And you type this in, you're going to, it's one of those that's like, okay, like you're going to have to actually consult witches too. Right. And I'm going to get to what witches actually use brooms for, but this is what society will tell you is okay. going down. All I right. I love it. So it seems highly likely that the broom was rooted in pagan fertility rituals. Mm-hmm. All right. So folks would frolic and dance on or around poles, pitchforks, and brooms to ensure the growth of crops. Of course. Um, but this broomstick dance and other rituals involving the broom, of course, get fucking twisted of course. along the way. So one of the first, like, wild accounts mm-hmm. comes in 1324 when an Irish girl named Dame Alice Kyteller. Dame Alice? Uh, who you talked about in A Witch Whisper a while yeah, back. Yeah, a while back. Um, I find that whole story She's very interesting. Yes. Um, she was accused of being a witch and she was tried for sorcery among yes. other things. Um, one of the countless allegations against her was that Dame Alice was spotted sweeping her neighbor's doorsteps oh. in the hopes of sweeping away any good fortune from their home. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> I kind of like that. I'm like, I'm going to take that for myself. Um, in addition, investigators found Alice's flying ointment. Ooh. And this is where it gets like... A little weird. <laughs> Bonkers, yeah, yes. Right. Um, and this is what seemed to really kick off, like, the wild superstitions yeah. about brooms. Mm-hmm. All right, so see if you can follow me. Yeah. 
The witch's flying ointment, mm-hmm. or salve, mm-hmm. consisted of plants like jimson weed, mandrake, and belladonna, yes. which you've talked about a lot mm-hmm. of these, right? Yeah. And they produced hallucinogenic chemicals known as tropane alkaloids. Ooh, you Did sound, I just so sound super planty. <laughs> so planty. Did oh, I just sound smart? Plant nerd. Plant nerd. Yeah, right. Can <laughs> you fucking imagine? <laughs> um, it is believed that instead of ingesting these plants, mm-hmm. which are very toxic, yes. Alice and other witches would absorb them through their skin, mm-hmm. but like sensitive skin. Yeah. yeah. So think under the armpits mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. with their mm-hmm. special set of lips. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, yeah. I get where you're coming from. Yeah. So yeah. the idea was that the witches were, and I don't know if there's any fucking truth to this because you just don't yeah. know with right. this shit. The idea was that they would rub the salve on the broom and give themselves a little... Pleasure. <laughs> Little ride. <laughs> and then they would get fucking high. Yeah. Okay? Right. Checks out. No. <laughs> <laughs> I do this often. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, so, yeah, there's, like, illustrations. If you mm-hmm. go and Google, like, why are witches associated with brooms? This is what this, this is what narrative is yeah. really what comes up right. is that they were, like, yeah. trying to right, fuck right. a broom to get high. Yeah. I don't know. But then you're, like, you're flying well, right, high. because Do you know yeah, what I mean. The, yeah, because the plants are hallucinogenic. Correct. They make you sleep, but then you're you're high. It, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You're, you're flying. You're flying. You're flying. So then they kind of like. Then it was like, yeah. well, witches can fly. Yeah, and yeah. So mm-hmm. you can see how that got mixed mm-hmm. up. The first illustration of a witch actually flying around on a broomstick was in 1451 mm-hmm. in a manuscript titled, oh boy, Le Champion des Dames. I think it's you French. Did. That was awesome. And I am so sorry. <laughs> By French poet Martin Lefranc. Okay. <laughs> we obviously kudos, know I cannot kudos. do a French. <laughs> All right. I cannot do a French, a French accent. <laughs> Jesus. I need to go to bed so bad. All right. <laughs> the first person to be accused of like actually flying on a broom, though, right. came two years later in 1453 when a man named Guillaume Edelin. Sorry okay. if I said that wrong. Was arrested and charged with witchcraft. Okay. He confessed under torture. They like of to course. leave that one out. Of course. To making a pact with the devil and using a broom as his mode of transportation. Nice. And the rest seems to be history there. Okay. okay. So you can see like yeah. in the in the grand, you know, how those two got linked. But all right. that aside, what did or do witches actually use brooms for? Tell me. Aside please. from getting high. Getting high. <laughs> all right. The broom is often used as a purifier and is associated with the element of water or air, which I found nice, interesting. Nice. I would have thought earth maybe. A little earth in there. Well, you're air sweeping. Yeah. The sweeping is the air. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Says scientist Lore. <laughs> Lore, you're so fucking smart, girl. <laughs> um, it is seen as a magical tool for clearing away bad energy. Mm-hmm. And this is pretty broad, you know. Right. So think cleansing, sweeping, warding off. Yeah. That's why I liked that she was sweeping the steps. That right. was neat. Right. Um, a traditional witch's besom was made from the sacred trees of ash or oak for the staff. Mm-hmm. Birch twigs for the bristles in a binding made of willow. Lovely. I think that's so pretty. Yes. Before any magical ceremony, it is said that one would sweep or clean their physical space with a broom. Right. And brooms are typically laid at the gateway to a magic circle, mm. uh, and it's used to send med- messages to other realms. 
Love that. Yeah, especially the fairy realm. Like I kept seeing it get, mm-hmm. which that's the air again. That's cool. Yeah. Um, broomsticks also make an important addition to hand fasting or wedding ceremonies. And yes. we could probably expand on that later yeah. if people are interested. Yeah. Um, so that's just like generally what witches that. could use brooms for. And here's a few superstitions Ooh. associated with the magical broom. Love that. All right. Prop your broom against a door frame to keep unwanted guests from stopping by. Hmm. Keep the fuck out. Get out. Um, an old time belief that we all know from practical magic mm. is that if a broom falls, company is coming. Yes. Yes. Um, never sweep dust out of your door after dark. It is considered to be unlucky. Hmm. I'm not dusting after dark. I never dust. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to call myself out. Doesn't happen at all. <laughs> uh, never sweep on New Year's. New Year's. New Year's. Oh, fuck. Never sweep on New Year's Day, or you may sweep away all of your luck for the coming year. Ooh, yeah, I don't want to do that. No. Um, oh. I, like, never have, I feel like I never start the year with luck, but you know. <laughs> really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, you must not be doing the right spell casting. The right rituals. Yeah. Well, um, that is my lesson. That's Magical Brooms. I love that. Yeah, if, that was a wild ride. You had yeah. to kind of sift, you know what you I mean? You had to sift through all of the information. Yeah. Pull out the nuggets. Yeah, and I'm sure we could expand on that later. I'm sure there's yeah. lots more, sure. you know. It's an introduction. It's an introduction. It. Yeah, yeah, but I love that. It's like, you know, a classic witch symbol. It sure is. Wow. Sure Who would have thought it's because they were getting freaky with freaky the broom handles. The broom. Wow. All right. Oh, wow. Uh, would you like some fun and random facts? Oh, I sure would. All right. Little Feruza Balk. Who is actually a witch? Yes, right. Is freaking adorable, and mm-hmm. like she has she to cute? be like ten. I don't oh, know, and it's cute. cool that she was like in this, yeah. like in the witch world. Yeah. Obviously, we know she's yeah. actually a witch, but yeah. you know that's cool. It is in such the an pop early culture age. sphere, she yeah. was into it. Maybe we could do her for a witch whisper. Yeah, that would be cool. Ooh, yeah, I'm interested in that. All right, tons of cool imagery, like I said, bath, cauldron, spell books, candles, mm-hmm. etc. So if you've got a young one. Oh, cute Why did, introduction. What was that accent? If you got a young one. <laughs> okay. Just call me Eliza Doolittle. <laughs> uh, this could be a cute way to, mm-hmm. like, you know, introduce mm-hmm. some of that imagery or yeah. some of these symbols. Um, you can spot a Ziggy Stardust poster on one of the girls' walls in the school. How fabulous. Fuck yes. Um, and the last fact I have is the movie was filmed at the St. Michael's College in Tenbury Wells, England. Ooh, fun. Yeah. I love it, that. Maybe we can go visit. Ooh, put it on the list. Is put it on real? The list. I don't know. Check it out. Uh, well, yeah, I just said it. Was- <laughs> I mean, is it still there? Is it still standing since the is 80s? It real? I don't know. I'm trying to... <laughs> Fucking hell. Trying to cover my tracks. <sighs> that's all I have. That's all you I got? For, I think that's probably for the best, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a lighthearted, frolicking good time. The the TV yeah. movie? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It is very cutesy. I love that. The songs are just wretched. 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 Okay. Yeah. But, and well, these, except uh, Tim Purry's. Tim I'm sorry. How could and, I? <laughs> and maybe the effects are a little outdated. I, they really went heavy-handed on the green screen. <laughs> on the green screen. There's one point where they, like, put it on his hair. <laughs> Just like, why? Why? Oh, no. Oh, oh, go check that out. 10 out of 10 in my eyes. It's a very cute one. It's cute. Cute. Yeah. Well, go check it out then. Yeah, and it gave us a good lesson. So, fuck There fuck you yeah. go. There you go. All, All right. right. I think that means you're up. I am up. You're up, Lore. All right. I am doing Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. I'm going to get in trouble. 
Yeah? I've never seen this movie, Lore. Wow. I don't know how that happened. Well, I saw it when it first came out, but gosh, that was forever ago. When was it? um, I'm going to tell you. Oh, okay. My bad. Hey, hey. This is good. This is good. (laughs) All right. So actually yesterday was Groundhog Day. Yes. Right? Well, when we're recording it. How timely. How timely. (laughs) As if we didn't plan that. (laughs) Right. Yeah, because it's wintry fun. Yeah. Yeah, not really. (laughs) Not really. And... Punk's Tony Phil did see his shadow. He Just did. Just gonna say that. What he does that mean? It. That means six more weeks of winter. Mm, fuck you, Phil. No. Woo! All right. So 1993. Mm, hey, you said that was forever ago. Lore, you just made me feel ancient. That was the year I was born. But I remembered something in the 90s. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Yay, you did it. American fantasy comedy. Yes. Written by Harold Ramis. Aw, you love. I love Harold Ramis and Danny Rubin and directed by Harold Ramis. Wow, okay. Right? Budget, 15 to 30 mil mm-hmm. in between there. That's and it, a big range, but it's okay. It's a big range. Um, and it did 105 at the box office. Not so a clinker. That is not too shabby. Top-notch job there, Jim. And it is considered one of the best comedy films ever made. Wow, it, and I missed it. <laughs> and you weren't even there for well, it, Leanne. wasn't even there. You better go check this out. Yeah. All right, here's your cast. Okay. All right, Bill Murray as Phil Connors. Yeah. Andy McDowell as Rita Hansen. The 90s loved Andy McDowell. They sure did. Wow. They sure did, St. Elmo's Fire. <laughs> All right, Chris Elliott as Larry the Cameraman. Mm-hmm. Stephen Tobolowski as Ned Ryerson. Ned Ryerson. Brian Doyle Murray. Bill's older bro. Yes, yes, yes. As Buster Green and Scooter as Punk's Tony Phil. Oh, his name is Scooter? Yes, it is. Oh, I love that. All right. Here's the plot. I can't wait because, I, yes, because <laughs> you've never seen it. The story opens to Pittsburgh weatherman Phil Connors telling really? his viewers that a major blizzard is moving in but is going to pass by Western Pennsylvania, so no need to worry. I did not know this was like a Pittsburgh thing. I know, right? I mean, I, I know Punk's a tawny Phil, but uh-huh, like, uh-huh. I didn't know he was a Pittsburgh weatherman. A Pittsburgh, okay, fun. Yeah, Pittsburgh weatherman. All right, following the broadcast, Phil, his producer Rita Hansen, and cameraman Larry mm-hmm. are heading out to Gobbler's Knob in Punk's tawny Pennsylvania, <laughs> which is about an... It what is, was that? It is Gobbler's Knob. Can you say it one more That's time? That's a new band name. <laughs> one more time. Gobbler's Knob. <laughs> Boy, it gets funnier every time she says it. <laughs> Sounds dirty. It does. <laughs> so, again, Gobbler's Knob is in it- Punxsutawney, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Is it a real place? It is a real place. Tight. It's about an I'm hour from out. Gobbler's <laughs> from Gobbler's Knob. We should go there later. <laughs> we dev- We're putting Jake's that on the list. <laughs> uh, it's about an hour outside of Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going there to cover the annual February 2nd Groundhog Day celebration. Absolutely. Well, Phil is not shy about the fact that he is in no way, shape, or form interested in this assignment. Okay. And nor mingling with these small town hicks, as he refers to them. Wow. Drag Uh, him, Phil. I know. Drag him. Uh, He has a pretty big ego and a pretty big sense of self-importance. Why do I feel like Bill Murray always plays that character? I know, because I think that might be just Bill Murray. (laughs) He thinks he's a pretty big celebrity. I mean, he kind of is. (laughs) Not Bill Murray. I'm talking about Phil. Talking about, I was like, are we trying to deny? I'm talking about Phil the weatherman. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, Phil, give it up. Yep. There you go. So, Clock Radio wakes him up at 6 a.m. to the tune, I Got You, Babe, 
by Sonny and Cher. Mm-hmm. He's staying at the local B&B in okay. town, okay. Uh, which is decked out in quilts, lace, and Victorian florals. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes these B&Bs. <laughs> Very Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, yes. He is quite put out that he cannot even get an, ex- an espresso or a, an espresso? <laughs> an espresso. <laughs> An express. I, I want like, an espresso like, expeditiously. <laughs> I like that you kept saying it like you kept trying to get it wrong. You were like, ek, ek, espresso, espresso. Espresso. <laughs> or a cappuccino in the dining room. Yeah. On his way to the event, he passes a homeless old man. Okay. An insurance salesman, Ned Ryerson, who claims he and Phil were old buddies. Phil could really care less about either of these chance meetings and is in a haste to get the hell out of there. Okay. He steps into this huge pothole full of icy water. (laughs) Okay. Could the day get any better? (laughs) I don't think so. It sure can. Oh, no. It sure can. Phil walks into the town square to a big crowd of people (laughs) being serenaded to the Pennsylvania polka. Oh. Because apparently— Polka is one of Pennsylvania's favorite pastimes. <laughs> is it? And this tune was actually written in 1942 by Zeke Manners and Lester Lee. Wow. But this version, which was sung like eight times oh, no. in this film, was written in, and performed in 1959 by Frankie Yankovic and his Yanks. Frankie Yankovic and oh no, I can't even say it. Frankie Yankovic, Frankie Yankovic and his and his Yanks. That's a tongue yes. twister. And then that got me to thinking about. I was like, is polka really big in Pennsylvania? <laughs> I think. And then I was like, so guys, it kind of makes sense. Let me just right? say, oh, I no. mean, we always talk about. You you always make fun of the fact that I haven't been on a date in a while, but this I has do. been a long-standing thing. This what? has been my entire life. That you don't go on dates? That I, I don't date often. Right. And my grandfather <laughs> used to always try to set me up on dates. Cute. Right? Yeah. I have, I have two examples of this. Does okay. it involve polka? One. I'm excited about one, this. One. Okay. He's like, I fixed you up on a date with this guy. He was like 20 years older than me. I think I was probably like 25 at the time. Oh, okay. And he was a polka dancer. Uh, like and he's professionally? Like, yes. Okay. He had the costumes and everything. <gasps> oh, yes. And he's like, you're going to have a good time. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going. I'm not right? going. Did you go? <laughs> no, I absolutely Lord. did not. <laughs> how rude. You, you, didn't, want how to, you didn't want to polka? No. <laughs> she, she didn't want to learn. He would have showed you? <laughs> he, yeah. And then one time when I was working at Hot Topic, because yeah. I used to manage Hot Topic, and then... My grandparents would come up every once in a while and visit me. And they have, like to and walk the mall. They like to walk the mall. It's a thing. It's I don't a know thing for old people, right? <laughs> and then they would take me to lunch. You know, on Cute. my lunch break. Yes. yes. So he'd say, "Go." He told me this this one particular occasion. He said, "Go sit in the food court with your grandmother, and I'll go get the food." Oh no! Right, which was Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh great. He comes out, and he's winking at me, right? And he tells me, this young man, I told him all about you, and he brought the tray out because he's going to ask you out on a date. Now, this guy was like 18, and he looked like Napoleon Dynamite, and he's working at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that, but he was like 20 years younger than me. And my grandfather's trying to hook me up on a date. Yeah, he, he seemed to swing and miss. Yeah, yeah he was going years too older. low and too high. Just couldn't, just couldn't find one in the middle. No polka, <laughs> no chicken. No polka. <laughs> Not into it. Yeah, two right. things that I really wouldn't peg as like qualities that Laura would be into. Right. You were like a vegan for most of your life. 
I know. I know. Uh, I love that tangent. Anyway, oh, all right, I digress. Grandpa, we I miss digress. you. I do. I miss my grandmother. All right. I digress. Uh, Phil delivers a lackluster report that went something like this. Okay. Once a year, all eyes of the nation turn to this little tiny hamlet in western Pennsylvania yes. to watch the master at work. The master, Punk's Tony Phil. Punk's Tony Phil, yes. World's most famous weatherman. The groundhog, who, as legend has it, can predict the coming of an early spring. Yes, this is real, folks. Yes, <laughs> if he sees his shadow, six more weeks of winter. If not, we get an early spring. Yeah. All right, drop the mic. He's out of there. Wow. He's ready to head back to Pittsburgh. Fantastic explanation. All right, FYI, <laughs> Phil the groundhog does see his shadow. In the film. In the film, okay. which is a bummer because that's six more weeks of winter. Yeah. As reported by Grandmaster of Ceremonies, Buster Green. Okay. All right. Yes. Phil is ready to get the heck out of town and yeah. head back to Pittsburgh. That's what you said. <laughs> but on route, they are hit by a massive snowstorm. Huh. You know, the one he said was not going right. to hit them. Yeah. Right. Phil. It's going to miss the berg. I don't think you're very good at your job, my pal. And they are forced to head back to Punxsutawney. Oh, shit. Phil is not happy to spend another dismal night at the B&B. <laughs> oh, no. But when he wakes up the next morning to I Got You, Babe, again on the clock radio, he senses something is amok. Oh, no. And it seems it is again Groundhog Day. Aha. <laughs> and when the events of this day go exactly as they did the day before, and then it happens the next day, and the next He's day— He's in a time loop. Phil gets the notion that he's trapped in a time <laughs> Phil, loop. Phil, what gave you the fucking idea? <laughs> and he begins losing his mind just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. When he tries to explain to Rita mm -hmm. what the heck is going on, she advises him to see the local neurologist. Okay. Who's played by Harold Remus. Oh. It's a cameo. Um, and he gets an appointment the same day. I love that. Um, who <laughs> Again, not accurate. <laughs> not accurate. Um, he finds nothing wrong with Phil and sends Phil to the local psychologist. Okay. Who— has no clue how to help Phil. Right. You know, he lives in a small town. Yeah, yeah. He only gets divorcees is what he oh, says. Oh. Uh, Phil decides to head to the local watering hole and get drunk. I mean, I would. <laughs> he meets locals Gus and Ralph, and the three get tanked. Cute. When Phil has to drive them home, mm -hmm. he begs the question, what if there was no tomorrow? And the two buds tell him, well, then there'd be no consequences, no hangovers, and we could do whatever we want. Ooh, light bulb. So Phil puts it to the test, and the three end up getting arrested. Okay. But when the clock strikes 6 a.m., Phil wakes up back at the B&B. &B. Ah, so he's got a free pass. Realizing he does not have to follow rules any longer, Phil decides to use the situation to his advantage. Nice. Indulging in coffee, pastries, cigarettes, one-night stands, and downright chicanery. <laughs> It's anarchy. It's anarchy. He uses the time loop to gain knowledge on the townsfolk and begins to manipulate events to his full advantage. Okay, that's not nice. Not nice, Phil. Uh, when he eventually tries to use his newfound circumstances to learn more about Rita, so mm. she'll hop in the sack with them. Wow. His ruse just does not seem to work on her. Yeah, good. And with each passing time loop day, Rita basically tells him to fuck off. Fuck off, Phil. Right. Uh, bored and depressed, Phil is now looking for a way out of the time loop. Yeah, he's, he's had done. enough now. He's had enough. Yeah. Uh, he decides to end it, right? He tries yeah. throwing himself in front of a vehicle, jumping off a building, um, and even kidnapping Phil the groundhog. <gasps> How dare you? But each day starts the same. 6 a.m., Sunny and Cher, serenade. And on and on and on. 
Wow. I got you, babe. Uh, he decides to give it one more shot with Rita mm-hmm. and convinces her for convinces her of the time loop. Okay. And he gives her details of the townsfolk and events before they actually happen. Ah. So now she's like— She's oh, on the same page. I believe you. Okay. She tells him to look at it as more of a blessing than a curse. Okay. And they spend the day together. Phil realizes that his feelings for Rita are a little deeper than expected. Oh, Phil. <laughs> But he wakes up the same morning, or the next morning, the same. Mm-hmm. Wash, rinse, repeat, right? Yeah. Uh, Phil decides to take a new approach. Okay. And stop thinking about himself and actually start thinking about some other people. What? Yes. He saves a bunch of the local townsfolk from calamities. He learns to speak French, becomes an expert ice sculptor. Wow. And concert pianist. Pianist. <laughs> pianist. Uh, but one thing he is not able to do is save the old man that he met the very first day from dying. Like, he takes them in, he, like, buys them food, he cleans them up, but he was just old and it was his time. Okay, well, I'm devastated. I know, right? Mm -hmm. Um, One night at the local Groundhog Dance, Mm -hmm. Groundhog Dance? Yeah, there's a dance. (laughs) Yes. Celebration. uh, You know, Punk's Tony Phil. Celebrating him. (laughs) Absolutely. Why not? Right, why not? Uh, Rita spies Phil tickling the ivories. And is impressed by all of the stories she's told by the locals of all of the wonderful things Phil has done for them. Okay. Including making Ned the insurance man's dream come true by buying every kind of insurance known to man. Uh, Rita bids on Phil at the charity bachelor auction. She and Phil spend a wonderful night together, which includes Phil sculpting her face into a block of ice. Stop that right now. (laughs) I mean, that's romance to me. I mean, hey, I expect it to be done tomorrow. (laughs) Phil tells Rita no matter what happens, he can finally be happy because he loves her. And this time he means it. (laughs) (laughs) This time. I'll keep going. (laughs) When Phil wakes up the next morning to I Got You, Babe. Oh. Rita is laying right beside him, Ooh. and the time loop is broken, and uh, it is February 3rd. Hell yeah. Phil tells Rita that they can live together in Punxsutawney. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> That's a twist I did not see coming. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> That's how in love with her he is. Wow. Wow. What is it? Hobnob? The end. Hobbler's knob? What is it? Gobbler's knob. Gobbler's <laughs> Hobnobbing at the gobbler's knob. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense to me. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. All right. So that's the end of the film. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Cool. Yeah. I like that. Seems fun. It's cute. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how the fuck I missed it. It's a lot of time loops, I yeah. got to tell you. Yeah. You ready for a few fun facts? I would love some. All right. The phrase Groundhog Day mm-hmm. is now part of our lexicon. Yeah. Referring to a repetitive or monotonous situation. And that comes from this movie. Yeah. I think I love when that happens. Yeah. I think that's great? so cool. What yeah. a pop culture moment. Absolutely. Like if I, if you tell somebody like if when I ask people like, hey, how you doing? Oh, it's Groundhog Day. Right. Everyone like, you knows know exactly what, you mean. what that means. Right. right. Even though you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, Bill Murray had to receive anti-rabies shots after being severely bitten by Scooter the Groundhog. Are you fucking serious? Times during the film. Oh my God. <laughs> like when, go the, when Scooter. When he, He's like, when fuck he, off. When he, kidnapped him and was driving in the truck with him. Well, Scooter was not happy. That's what you get. <laughs> it was actually not filmed in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. How, but how are you going to do that? I know. Uh, it was not conducive oh. to a filming crew. Well, that's how small. That's how small this town is. Checks out. Yeah. There was not even enough rooms for people to stay. Oh, I mean, wow. they just couldn't. Right. They, they literally couldn't, couldn't do it. Oh. Right. Um, it was actually filmed in Woodstock, Illinois. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
Uh, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis have both been honorary grand marshals in Punxsutawney for Groundhog Day. Really? Which has become a major tourist attraction since the release of this film. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis had a long friendship and working relationship. Stripes, Ghostbusters, Caddyshack, um, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, but Bill Murray was in the middle of a divorce during filming and was a real pain in the ass on and off the screen. Uh, apparently, there was no dealing with him. For Groundhog Day? Yeah. Oh. Yes. Uh, Murray quit speaking to Ramis at the conclusion of the film and refused oh. to make amends even after Ramis made attempts to reconcile. The two did not speak for nearly two decades and did not mend the fences until Ramis was on his deathbed. Are you serious? It's not sad. Um... What the hell? Yeah, you could look that up and read all about it. It's uh, um, I'm about to. Yeah, that yeah, seems it's sad. What the hell? Because I love Harold Ramis so much. I oh know my gosh, you do. Wow. Okay, he is Egon Spangler. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're but the I love him in stripes. It's so great. <laughs> all right, uh, the tune "I Got You, Babe" by mm. Sonny and Cher was used because the song is known for its repetitive chorus, which seems to never end. Kind of like uh, Phil's I'll experience in the film. Yeah. 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 Uh, the concept went on to be used throughout pop culture in Fifty First Dates, Supernatural, Supernatural, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah. X Files, yeah, of course, to name a few. Uh, and it is estimated that Phil spent thirty four years in the time loop. Oh my god! Yeah, are you serious? Yeah, holy shit! Okay. Crazy, right? Yeah. All right, the takeaways from the movie. Yes. The script focused on Phil's loneliness, and only after he realized that there are many other lonely people in the town that he begins to help them does he break the loop. Oh. Right? Ouch. My icy heart is melting. I know. Ruben said he wanted to tell the story about human life and periods in it when we get stuck in a cycle, no matter how hard we try to get out. Mm. He states when the loop begins, it is the worst day of Phil's life, but by being being forced to change who he is and embrace the world around him, it becomes the best day of his life. Okay. Cool, wow. Right? I like this. Yes. yes. And Murray saw the film as an interpretation of how people repeat the same day over and over because they fear change. Ooh, complacency. Mm. Ouch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what is my lesson? I don't know. Is it going to be Groundhog Day? It is. Because I have a question. Yeah. Now, obviously, this movie, people know. But, like, if you're outside of Pennsylvania, is this, like, a big deal? It's celebrated in the United States and Canada. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah. what I was wondering. Like, I mean, in Pennsylvania, you have Punxsutawney Phil in fucking commercials. Oh, like, my gosh. He's so in, like, I the lottery know. commercials. Right. Yeah. I didn't know if, like, <laughs> I guess a because we're elsewhere. from Pennsylvania that, like, I just we never know thought it. of it. Yeah. yeah. And I was wondering, like, let us know out there. Have you yeah. ever heard of Groundhog Day? Like, obviously, you know, if you know this movie, I'm sure is what really solidified yeah. it. But. And what will be interesting is where it takes us. Ooh, okay. All right. Yes. So here we go. The okay. first Groundhog Day celebration took place on February 2nd, 1887. Whoa. At Gobbler's Knob in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Gobbler's Schlaf. <laughs> <laughs> Hobnobbing at Gobbler's Knob. <laughs> um, as we learned in the movie, the tradition tells that if a groundhog comes out of its hole mm -hmm. on this day and sees his shadow, it becomes frightened and runs for cover in its burrow. Oh. If this happens, it's six more weeks of winter no shadow 
early spring. Nice. That sounds like witchcraft to me. I don't know. It does. It's magical. Mm -hmm. Uh, February 2nd also coincides with the Christian holiday of Candlemas. Okay. Which is a candle lighting ceremony also known as the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Okay. Uh, The candles were lit to represent how long and cold the winter season is. (laughs) You're not lying. Right? Um, In the Middle Ages, Germans expanded the tradition by adding animals such as bears, badgers, and hedgehogs who interrupted their hibernations to appear on this specific day to predict the coming of spring. Once German settlers immigrated to America and landed in Pennsylvania, they brought the custom with them and continued the tradition, changing the badger to a groundhog, which was very prevalent in the Keystone State. Oh, interesting. Right? That's neat. Yes. I had no idea. Right. But the start of February falls about halfway between the winter solstice and the spring Mm -hmm. equinox and has been a very important time of the year for centuries. Yeah. Among the Celts, February 2nd is the celebration of Imbolc. Go, Lord, go. Which yes. means use milk, right? <laughs> That's what it translates to. <laughs> I just pictured you on like a got milk ad. Got you remember milk? those? Use milk? Everywhere. Yes, I remember. Uh, the festival reminds us that spring is not far away. The sun will be returning for longer intervals, and the dark days become shorter. Mm-hmm. With the return of the sun, new life springs forward with the anticipation of seeds to be planted, and the earth will soon begin to bloom. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. In bulk represents the feminine, feminine aspect. <laughs> the femme ass. <laughs> the violent femme, <laughs> the uh, yes. femme asses. <laughs> Dude, that would be a killer cover band. That would be, right? Uh, Imbolc represents the feminine aspect of the goddess Mm -hmm. and new beginnings. It is represented with fire. Think light. Think candles, (laughs) right? You should have just seen your face. You're like, fire? It's a light bulb moment. Uh, This is a time to focus on what magic you will grow in the coming year. Mm, Plants. Mm-hmm. Jobs, relationships, trips, etc. Yes. Laying out the plans. So Imbolc is the feast of the Celtic goddess Brigid. I've seen it uh, said many different ways. I'm going to say Brigid. It's pronounced a hell of a lot of different ways. Yeah. The keeper of the sacred flame. Mm. Her name means bright one. She is guardian of home and hearth. Yes. Also seen as a mystic, a warrior, and a muse. Honor her by purification of your home space. Fuck Think yes. spring cleaning. Hey, grab a broom and create. Sweep that shit that's out. That's right. And creating magical plans for the coming year. Mm. So happy Imbolc, Candlemas, Groundhog's Day, yeah. whichever you choose to celebrate. Uh, yeah, we hope you had a good Imbolc. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that gorge? It is really beautiful. I do love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so positive. Like, right. it's just, yeah. And this month is hard, man. Yes. <laughs> As evident by, like, yeah. the movie and everyone I talk to. Yeah. Like, no one I know likes February. Yeah. February. February. Um, yeah, it's just, like, I feel like it's a, a tough transition month. Yeah. So I like, you know, yeah. in bulk and trying but, to. Yeah. I mean, again, there's that little spring of hope that comes. That's what you I know, mean. There's some yeah. hope. But it's, like. There's still a lot of waiting. 
There is. And it's like you're tired of the dirty snow and the dark and the cold and you know what I mean? If you're some, yeah, if you're from, you know, where it gets gross in fucking February. And again, traditionally in the way that we celebrate or the way that we go through the witch's year, like this is a time to go inward. Yes. And, you know, start planting the seeds of the year and be creative and It is very hopeful. Yeah. It is. But I feel like, you know, that like I said, you go inward word and you you know you're near your hearth in your home yeah but most people don't have the opportunity to I do was that. gonna say the way the world works they don't really allow for that mm. you don't have time for that and so people yeah, for yeah. rest and recuperation you don't. for you really don't yeah making plans mm-hmm. and you know thinking of uh, what you would like to accomplish in the coming year but that's why I do like you know like in bulk in these witches mm-hmm. holidays we call them because it does like not force you but it's like okay stop yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you know what it does? It forces you because uh, so even again, uh, like you grew up with me. I, right. You know, um, teaching you these things, but mm-hmm. I didn't have that, yeah. you know, in my life. And I always felt very off. Okay. Like in this time period. Yeah. I felt like everything that I was like had to do was forced it wasn't mm. natural to me okay like you know having to get up and hustle and bustle and you know doesn't feel right this time of it year it doesn't right. feel right this is a time to yeah you need to collect rest yourself and, yeah. and rest yeah mm-hmm. and like i said most people do not get that opportunity and i just thought there was something wrong with me or they'll call it you right. know seasonal depression or you know what all you know all those different right. things but it's like if you really think about the seasonality of it and, you know, going through the witch's year, it like this is a time when you should not be charging forward. No, it's, yeah. it's begging you mm-hmm. to turn inward and to sit with yourself, check in with yourself and make plans. That's what I mean. It's yeah. sad that the world, it just doesn't. It's, it doesn't let yeah, you stop. It takes that away from you a little yeah, bit. So really when you can carve yeah. out that time. Carve out that time yeah. and listen to your intuition. And if it's telling you to rest and get rest, creative, baby, rest. And do it. Yeah, yeah, rest, create. I mean, we say that like uh, like people have a choice sometimes. Well, right, right, exactly. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Any any chance you can to just carve out a little time and whatever your you know soul is telling you to do, try to try yeah. to do it as yeah. much as possible. I know that's yeah. easier said yeah. than done, but yeah. Absolutely. I like that reminder. Yes. Thank you, Lord. And I think I really like that you fucking got from the movie Groundhog Day to in bulk. I did. Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, friends. I like that. That is magical, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't see that coming, but I liked it. Cool lessons because you talked about brooms and we talked about spring cleaning. Yeah. 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 I do like that. There you go. Look at us always connecting. Yes. We're so cute. I love it. Wow, that was a fantastic episode. That was. Yeah. Yeah. If you were paying attention, you learned a lot. I think, yeah. You did. (laughs) Between all the laughs, all the mispronounced (laughs) words, all of the tangents. If you could have picked out what the fuck we were saying, you you probably learned a lot. If you stuck with us in our, you know, fever uh, dream of an episode, oh my God. Our exhausted haze. Yeah. Hilarious. Absolutely. Up top, girl. Up top, man. All right. So I think it might be time for Killer Quotes. I think it might be time. All right. Let's do it. It's my turn. Your turn. All right. Let's see what we got. 
All right. Shake and bake from Talladega Nights. <laughs> and that was sent in by my cousin Ash. Oh, cute. Uh, you know, the one that left me in a snowbank. Love you, girl. No, just <laughs> shake and bake, baby. Shake That's our bake. little, we always say that to each other when we nice. are trying to check in. Shake yep. and bake. Love you, Ash. All right. I uh, love that. <sighs> Another episode in the books. Another one in the books. All right. All right. TTFN. Cut, print, check the gate. Moving on. <laughs>